Hey, quick announcement. I've had my hands full lately, busting my ass at stand-up, producing shows, doing some spots, writing new shit, making it work, and all that comes first. Each of these episodes takes about 20 hours for me to make and publish, so I had a choice. I could move this to a bi-weekly schedule, or I could give up some of my artistic and technical control by delegating the mastering, editing, re-editing, and error correction. You know, I could relinquish my obsessive focus on the details. Fuck that. I'd rather make fewer episodes than pump out a bunch of crap I wouldn't want to listen to. These puppies take time, money, thought, and effort to produce, and from all the fantastic feedback we've been getting, it makes a difference for folks. And people have told me they can't even keep up with a weekly show this long anyway. So, from now on, you can expect an episode every other Thursday, and my colleagues can expect me to be less of a stressed-out asshole to work with. Okay, let's hit it. Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. You're for the first comic to dance on this podcast. Yeah, you're Ooh. dancing. Very good. Fun day. It's all over the internet now. <laughs> How can you not dance to this? <laughs> I know. It's fucking oh. amazing beat. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. All right, this is the comedy nerd cast called Let's Talk About Sets, where we geek out over the craft and science of stand-up comedy through the medium of top-quality material. So our guest today is New York-based comedian and health machine, <laughs> Camille Theobald. Hey! I'm a machine of health. My co-host. I'm Harrison. We went on a nice walk today, got some great sandwiches. Aww. That's a good story. So, <laughs> please. Um, our theme today is tension and release. Let's get started with an excerpt from Louis C.K.'s monologue from Saturday Night Live's season 40 finale in May of 2015. <laughs> the 70s were very different. When, in the 70s, there was a child molester that lived in my hometown. And it wasn't a big deal. It was like, we caught a child molester. It was just like, yeah, that's the house where the child molester lives. <laughs> he lives where, hey, kids, be, don't be stupid. Or you'll get molested. Just stay away from the child molester. I know because he did something to me when I was your age. So just stay away from the child molester house. <laughs> we had a town child molester. His name was Jean-Baptiste. It's a true story. <laughs> Teenage boys, that's when you would find out because I was a teenage boy. He didn't like me. I, was, I felt a little bad. <laughs> no, not you. He, was, he didn't, it wasn't into me. But he would drive up next to teenage boys and he'd say, uh, Hello, would you like to go to McDonald's? And you're like, No. And he's like, Why you don't like McDonald's? And then you're trapped because, of course, everybody liked McDonald's. It was the 70s. <laughs> and then who used to get in the car? He'd be like, "Sure, I'll go." And he'd get in the car. He'd go to McDonald's and eat a burger. And then he'd say, "See ya," and he'd just take off. And Jean Baptiste was like, "Duh!" And foiled again. But he'd always try. Maybe this time. 
<laughs> because child molesters are very tenacious people. They love molesting childs. It's crazy. It's like their favorite thing. When you, it's so crazy because when you consider the risk in being a child molester, speaking not of even the damage you're doing, but the risk, there is no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. And yet they still do it. Which from, you can only really surmise that it must be really good. I mean, from their point of view, from their numbers, but from their point of view, it must be amazing for them to risk so much. How do you think I feel? It's my last show, probably. can't key into it because I love Mounds Bars. I love Mounds Bars. It's my favorite thing, right? But there's a limit. I mean, I, I can't even eat a Mounds Bar and do something else at the same time. That's how much I love them. Like, if I'm eating a Mounds Bar, I can't read the paper. Like, hmm. I have to just sit there with it in my mouth and go, why is this so good? I love this so much. But, and because they are delicious. And yet, if somebody said to me, if you eat another Mounds Bar, you'll go to jail and everybody will hate you, I would stop eating them. Because they do taste delicious. But they don't taste as good as a young boy does. <laughs> and shouldn't. Two times Not to me. Not to us. We're all awesome. <laughs> well, all right. We did it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best SNL monologue I've ever heard. Oh, my God. I love that. So, all right. Oh, God. So, Camille, uh, yes. tell us why did you pick that bit as it relates to the theme and, and in general? Uh, I love it so much. Uh, obvi- like, I don't know if maybe one day when I've been doing comedy for 20 years, I'll have the guts to do something that outlandish. Um, but just the balls on him to <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yeah. But also it makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. He's making so much sense of such a like psychotic behavior, you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I guess it must be the best to them. <laughs> yeah, to them. Yeah. And to them. And that's my favorite part when he's like, <laughs> yeah. to the, not to us, because we're awesome. Oh, we're yeah, all I love we're all awesome. Right. I love yeah. that line. Right. right. Um, so it's just so taboo and it's so wrong. Uh, but he finds a way to make sense of it. Um, win, kind of win over the audience, even though there was plenty of blogs out there who were very angry at him (laughs) for that joke. Um, but that was an entire audience of people laughing and a lot of people at home doing the same thing. Exactly. Uh, but these people don't know what comedy is. And, um, in a way it's, it kind of reminds me of like an, as an actor, you have to learn how to sympathize with your character. Isn't it pronounced actor? Actor. Actor. Actia, actually, is what it's uh, supposed to be. And (laughs) basically, uh, as an actor, you're supposed to, you cannot judge the character because Mm. you are going to be that person you knew would you would judge yourself but huh. not in the sense that you would like necessarily stop your motivation yeah. so you cannot judge them you have to find reason for everything they do uh-huh if you're playing a mentally ill character if you're playing a child molester you have to find the reason and reason it that's what he's doing in this joke mm-hmm. and it's crazy and right. it's and it's so wrong and then he just makes it so funny uh because it is wrong 
And he really like it's like he's saying real things that this pedophile would do. Yeah. But it's his method is just so like it's unexpected a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm driving up to young boys and offering them McDonald's yeah, so, when yeah. I was back. It's so specific. And he turns the the child molester into almost this like into Pepe Le Pew yes. like cartoon yeah. character, You're which so right. takes the teeth out of it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't French, if he's like, hey, do you guys want to go to McDonald's? It, it, it would be a less funny. And it mm-hmm. also. But I, I think the guy might actually have been like a French. Who knows what it was? Yeah. He may have made the whole thing up, which he does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like. Like the personal story in the beginning makes the last part of the joke uh, swallowable. It's like the yeah. pill in the peanut butter. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. It's like it helps. That personal story is the peanut butter. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and funny because you use that analogy. Yeah, yeah. I've used that, that analogy too for like yeah. political humor yeah. specifically. Yeah. So you can yeah, like yeah, yeah. say something mm-hmm. that's bigger and like mm-hmm. a little more opinionated. And, yeah. But you code it. Yeah. Like if you want to give an old person a pill, you got to put it in peanut butter. <laughs> Everybody I thought we just knows. did that with dogs. Yeah. I don't know. Oh no, no, no! You what? You haven't you haven't drugged old people? All right, whatever. <laughs> How do you have sex with them? Yeah. Oh, yikes! <laughs> oh. See, and there's an example of it not working. There we go. Yeah. I didn't have a personal story. You didn't. When we all knew that you didn't do that. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this? I was uh, I was thinking about it because uh, the clip i picked has a lot of like lows that uh where the Mm. tension is broken by like a line in it and we'll hear it later this one people are pretty consistently laughing the whole time Mm -hmm. it's just such a tense subject matter just the entire but it's he's so funny and he is so and you just like he like step by step just clarifies his point in such a hilarious way so consistently let's talk about how he does that yeah, but like, yeah. Wh- but it's so interesting that it could. This is an example of tension release. But you think of tension release as something that's like this, like build up and then a release. Not, not this like it's like a tense subject matter. Mm-hmm. Exclude like it just is, and he keeps them laughing the entire time. The biggest lull I ever notice is when he's describing why he likes mound bars. That's yeah. the only time no one's yeah. really laughing. Right, 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 right. And and I think. One of the elements of tension and release is how much tension do you build before you know you need to release it? Mm-hmm. How and and there's a relationship between how much tension can you build before you release it to how big of a laugh you're going to get. Yeah. And what happens is because the subject matter here is so tense to start with, mm-hmm. he has to release it over and over and oh, over again. Constantly. Yeah. He yeah. has to keep going, no, not me, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And in that, and by the way, in his own version of a cartoon voice, if he would have said it like, hey, not me. (laughs) Nowhere near as funny. Whoa! ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not us, because we're awesome. Yeah. Them, them. I also think it releases the tension, the story of his friend who just did everything the pedophile wanted, except for just like leaves. Like it just reminds me of me in my early twenties. Yeah. I would like get lured in by a producer, like, oh really? Yeah, I'll go to dinner with you and then I'll leave the second it's done. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also think it really helps that the character that he's portraying is laughably bad at being a pedophile. Oh, that is that oh, is yeah. another thing that, that, that breaks the tension. No, if it, he was it effective, would, it would not work if he was. Good well, at well, it. they if allude to him being effective because he is a child molester yeah. as a like a. But it is comical how his dastardly plan is foiled, foiled again by a <laughs> foiled <TV>. again. <laughs> Oh, so funny. <laughs> uh, oh, I did not have sex with that child. <laughs> like it, it. I love his use 
of voices throughout this mm-hmm. to release the tension, whether yeah. it's his own incredulous, just like ah! thing, yeah. or it's the or, or it's this cartoon voice. I love that 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 rhetorical technique. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you were to write this out, oh my god. It, yeah, it, if you were to just read this, it would not work. No. If these it were the sides to. you got at your audition. Yeah. Oh, okay. But a Mounds bar isn't as good as a little boy's. Yeah. <laughs> I also really appreciate how he really puts himself underneath in terms of status at the beginning. It was like, oh, he wasn't into me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me feel bad. Well, I felt bad about the that. The audience can't feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. They can't be like, "Oh, were you?" Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Automatically, we have to know that he was okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he makes it so that oh, I am un- undesirable. Mm, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. his status is at the very bottom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by showing how much a pedophile didn't want him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You always have to have the audience feel bad for you before saying something screwed up yes always that's super true start your set out making them r- relate to you and feel bad for you uh-huh that's always been my rule unless you're well i mean then there there are some people for whom their persona takes care of that like an anthony jesselnick yeah uh, yeah you're right. because he just it, it's you don't expect to empathize with him in any way uh-huh. yeah i think otherwise you're right you definitely need to <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's like it's like it's almost like um dealing with a heckler if you're dealing with a heckler and you just get you go after them the yeah. moment they say something, no one's really on your side per se unless they, unless you're like a hundred percent on your side to begin with. Mm. But if you start out with a compliment and you mm. say to that heckler, "Wow, you are you are gorgeous," and I want to hear everything you have to say after the show. How about then or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Th- then th- that or you just point out what you're there doing in a very nice way. It's yeah, like, oh, yep. What you like, love oh, talking, yeah, yeah. chatty Kathy kind of thing. Uh, Mike Guild in a previous episode said this in terms of storytelling, and I think this is true here too. It's like blowing up a balloon and then rele- and then releasing the air, and blowing up yeah. the balloon and releasing the air until you get to the very his the balloon finally pops when he goes. I love uh, he says what um, it's not as good as a young boy is yeah. to a child molester or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, um, the mounds are, that's yeah. that's the balloon popping. That's when totally. it finally gets so big that the tension is just totally released. I feel like that was the jo- original joke that he thought of and then he was like okay how do i make this possible how do i get there yeah, how yeah. do i get yeah. there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what i imagine who knows yeah or maybe one day right, he was yeah. like you know what? i should tell the story about that <laughs> french molester in my neighborhood <laughs> yeah yeah it's so funny i always thought it was funny that he's french just because i feel like there's an implication that he got kicked out of france <laughs> and like he moved to the states because his reputation wow you saw a really funny yeah, because yeah. I was like, why is a French child molester doing in the outskirts of Boston? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of a weird, I don't know. He continually reinforces the distance that he, he keeps a distance between himself yeah. Uh, and the audience together with him mm-hmm. and the child molester so he can he can say, no, we're just looking at this person's perspective. You can do yeah. this and it's going to be okay. Yeah. We're, uh, it's, it's just their perspective. Nobody's getting hurt here. Let's just yeah. look at it from their perspective for a moment. And, but even that is just a tap dance yeah. on, oh, yeah. a, on a tightrope. Uh-huh. For sure. Like he's an uh, amazing balance, <laughs> balancing act. All of his shows are balancing acts yeah. that I've noticed. Cause mm-hmm. like, even when he's talking badly about his children, like all of these things, 
Um, he's so good at that. Um, he, he looks like a child molester. So (laughs) he has to be extra careful to make sure that he's not empathizing with them. Mm -hmm. He also has like a silliness to the way he like, he has like his arm moving. I mean, you can't really, you can't hear it, but like, he's just like a goofy, he like is very expressive. He's just silly. Yeah. Yeah. The way he's delivering this material, there is a kind of, um, unpolished to it that's very charming and mm-hmm. almost yeah. better than if he was like a tight like if Seinfeld did this biz like they love molesting children they love it like it would be funny probably yeah but there's something about the way you can hear him laughing when he was like I love Mounds bars and they taste so good yeah and then he's like and he's like but they can't taste as yeah. good as a little boy's ass or whatever yeah. he says yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can feel there's like a playfulness to the way he's doing everything yeah. that just alleviates any like stress or tension that he's gonna i think he's literally saying awful things yeah 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 he he is <laughs> and and um his his sort of just i'm sputtering and just getting this out yeah mm-hmm. that's part of his act yeah it's, i mean it's, it's a staple for sure yeah i don't yeah. think that that's not 100 percent planned he's even said so uh, but I've heard him articulate very without the stumbly kind of things. I've heard him go into big, big subject matters where he like comes out on top, like very Carlin-y like explanations where he isn't sputtering. And he is like kind of like articulating like light, like, I don't know. He has a bit called, um, uh, of course, but maybe yeah, from yeah. the end of, yeah. uh, yeah. Oh, oh my God special. And it's very like, it's just like point after point and he's bit in their big statements. Mm-hmm. And this one is a big statement, but he needs it to be silly and palatable. Yeah. And like yeah. a guy just talking like at a bar or something, or just like, yeah. you know, you're just fucking around with your friends and it feels really warm and comfort comforting. Yeah. And yeah. like, he's not going to molest a child afterwards. Yeah. He has a couple things he employs here where he kind of cuts his own legs out uh, mm-hmm. from under him. Like where he goes, this is my last show. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a release of tension. Yeah, because they're all, at that point, he sees the look on their face. They're mm-hmm. all like, <gasps> you yeah, know, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's like, well, how do you think I feel? You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great uh, kind of go-to, like, yeah, I know I'm saying something crazy. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you have to acknowledge the tension sometimes mm-hmm. and then when even you're talking that, about something. He says, we got through we it. Got through we it. got that through it. That was all such got... a release of tension. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was the balloon popped, but yeah. there was still tension in the room. Yeah, oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And, and he was like, we did it. We, <laughs> we got through it. Yeah. That's a great, and that was a great, that was a great technique to acknowledge that what, what he did was difficult mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yet, and yet it's, it's one of the funnier things I, I I've heard. Uh, because yeah. the bar is set so high, there's so much tension to break. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine the conversation that he had with standards and practices <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. to get this through? And they're like, can you change a uh, uh, toddler to little boy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminded me of in Chappelle's uh, monologue right after the election mm, when yeah. he is like, he was talking about being in the Trump hotel and he's like, grabbed a handful of pussy and left. And then he's like, sorry, Lorne. And then he just moves on. It alleviates yeah. so much. I love that. Like, it's really hard to play in a space like that because it's, I mean, it's national TV. It's, it's a network that literally everyone can watch. You could just yeah. be like in, you could only have three channels and you get to see SNL. Yeah. And it's also like, I know it's late night, but it's like kids watch SNL. Their audience is like 15 
to 22. That's what their target audience is. And they've said that. Yeah. And to basically talk to the people that would be the victims of this heinous act that he's doing a bit about and to do it so seamlessly is just incredible to me. Let's talk a little bit about some elements of the theme. One of the things that I want to touch on, and this is perfect for it, is like the tension that you can build with taboo. Mm, Yeah. And that, you know, inside that is, is, is race, is sexual taboo, is anything that society frowns upon discussing. Yeah. How do you see tension and release playing with that? I feel like that's kind of the number one tension that most comics use. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll do like racist or like not racist, but like bordering on this is a wrong thing to for me to say but i will come around and you'll see that i'm not actually racist by the end hopefully (laughs) if the the joke works or Mm -hmm. sexist or um mean towards christians or jews or whatever it is um and i think that comes with uh a lot of comedians you know we're all a little rebellious um most comedians don't go into this job because they like following rules or they like being told what to do we all hate being told what to do we like to be in control um and so i think it's kind of ingrained in us to talk about what no one wants us to talk about yeah yeah. and we want yeah you yeah the the idea you can't say that we're like yeah i can if it's funny enough yeah, it's, it's a real testament to your ability to be funny. Mm-hmm. Huge. I right. mean, especially like the number one no-no thing to talk about is rape. Mm-hmm. Like number one. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> what do brand new comedians talk about the most? Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Because like, I mean, I guess I had one for a while <laughs> about like going to a musical theater school and women trying to get laid but yeah they couldn't so they literally would roofie themselves just to try and get some and it was still not a guarantee <laughs> is that a real thing uh no of oh course god not. i was <laughs> it's a joke oh, yeah, you know yeah, like really but funny. it's so, true like, that my, a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times uh like a, you don't mean what you say in a joke <laughs> i know but that's super so, common no I but i mean in musical theater <laughs> in my musical theater college the straight men were very like rare rare yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah of course all the straight women were like I need it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what you're saying is, <laughs> next time I, if I if if my relationship ends, I need to hang out in the musical theater area. Yes, I, you yeah. do. I'll be Christ. happy no matter what. Oh yeah, <laughs> and very... maybe even act a little light on your toes, and I'll be more into it. You know, it is very strange to interact with musical theater people and be like, that's the guy that he sleeps with everyone like all the women it's yeah like i definitely thought he was gay i don't know nope. i don't know <laughs> yeah uh like, no, yeah they both. are crushing so it a yeah. lot uh back to the theme i i think you're right that taboo is that is the thing the line that they're dancing on yeah uh and it's the the, the tension is built as um, but how long before your punchline, how long yeah. can you let people be a little upset yeah. with the ideas that you're putting out there yeah. before you finally hit them with the funny part? And, and, and it, it's, it's a very 
that distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jerry talks about it uh, a little bit, although I don't think he's necessarily talking about tension, but he's talking about jokes in general. Mm-hmm. That it's like it's like two cliffs, and there's a there's a chasm in between. And if you if if they're, they're too far apart you'll fall into the chasm mm, and you won't yeah. get to the other side where the laughs are. Yeah. But if they're, if they're too close, there's no risk. There's nothing. Yeah. It's, there's no titillation. You're just like anybody could have done that. Yeah. And I think there's, it, there's a lot of factors. Uh, it depends on the comedian's likability too, which is sure. kind of unfair for certain people. Um, but like I get away with saying a lot. Oh yeah. I look innocent. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Sprightly um, demeanored. Yeah. yeah. And I also have like a, like a positive energy on stage mm-hmm. and that I purposefully try to create. Um, and so I think it depends on your demeanor, the way you talk, the way you brought up the subject. Um, and if a French guy tried to molest you, yeah, (laughs) if you're good at voices, uh, (laughs) uh, and like you can kind of read it in the audience. Like there's definitely been times where I just cut to the punchline because I feel like they are turning on me Mm. and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that third or that second part of this setup. I'm just going to go straight to the punchline because they hate this from the get go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, And I think it's partly about reading the audience and knowing what you look like, knowing uh, how people are going to read you. And you have to feel the tension too. You have to like, like be really sensitive to it and know, and that, that timing of like, can I, Hit this just right. And and by the way, I think that this tension and release thing is present all over the place Mm -hmm. in the human experience. Oh, yeah. Um, Like uh, in music, like in dance music, for example, Mm -hmm. there's a buildup of dissonant sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Wait for it! And then, boom, there's the drop, right? If it's too long, people are like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, where's the drop? And it's the same thing. Come on, where's the punchline? Yeah. Uh, I mean, even even a roller coaster is probably the same way. Oh, for sure. Well, it's like you said this, I think, on one or two episodes, which is like the deal you make with the audience. Mm -hmm. It's like the audience is like, I'm going to let you fill me with these thoughts. And then you're going to break it with this release. And you owe me that. You, I'm sitting here watching your stand-up. You owe me laughs. I gave you my attention. You owe me laughs. Yeah, yeah. I, I opened my mind to your stupid, dirty thoughts. And, and the, the contract we made yes. is that I'm going to laugh at the end of this. And if you don't fulfill the contract, yeah. then we don't I, – I, then it deals off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when <laughs> and, I get to and talk. And I get to express my anger at, mm-hmm. your, at your lack of integrity. Yeah. 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 Oh or God. I get to be completely silent yeah. <laughs> and, and give you and bad looks. The fuck out. Yeah. Another way that I, I think it works is um, confusion and resolution. Yeah. Uh, where you let people be confused for a little while. Yeah. Where is he going with this? Yeah. Like, what is this long story? Yeah. The best I ever saw of that was uh, Bill Cosby. I saw him live. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, didn't know some things. Probably would have changed my enjoyment. We're not judging you for Bill Cosby. Okay, this was before the loved event. it at the time. Uh, and he had he was such a grandmaster. Fifty years in the craft. Totally. Um, he pretended to be this doddering old fool, mm-hmm. uh, much like he did in court. And um, <laughs> uh, he pretended to be this doddering old fool, where he had five different stories that he mm-hmm. was telling, and he would bounce back and forth, and it was like. 
what is he doing? Oh my God, he doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. Oh, this is sort of sad. <laughs> and then he just said one sentence at the end that connected all five lines of logic all at once. And the last word was like the capstone, the keystone in the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, put it all together. And he just sat back and crossed his arms and smugly waited while laughter rolled back and forth across oh the auditorium yeah. until eventually he just goes, I have more show to do. Oh my God. <laughs> it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. How many years ago was this? Oh, this was like, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago. Damn. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, That's right before it wouldn't have been funny. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> really. So, Camille. Yeah. My wife, Camille. The voice is so good. Oh, oh God. man. She Can seems just, like, like another victim now. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, like, I, 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 but I, but I watched that. That's the same sort of thing where all of us are confused. Mm-hmm. All of us are a little worried for him. There's yeah. so much tension. Like, what is he doing? Where is he going? Oh, this yeah. is so sad. And then he flips it. You reinterpret every single one of those five lines of logic mm-hmm. according to what he just said and all it just brings it all together and i and, that's p- incredible and i think people laugh harder mm-hmm. because of that tension like yeah. it wouldn't be as funny if he hadn't held it that long yep. because yep. of all the thoughts that have gone through your head because you start laughing because it's a clever joke but then you start laughing at yourself for ha- having thought yeah. that he didn't know what he was doing and then you laugh at him sitting back going yeah i knew what i was doing you idiot yeah, yeah you know yeah. and so there's like so many different elements that you're laughing at that you're it almost gets to a point where you're not even laughing at the joke anymore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're laughing at like humanity yeah. and like the trickery that <laughs> exactly. they can pull on someone. One of the major theories of comedy out there is one called uh, the theory of benign violation, mm. which is where uh, the the idea is that laughter is a marker for uh, for safety. For example, if you see two people and it seems like they're fighting uh, and then you realize they're just playing around, you'll probably laugh because yeah. you realize you realize it's OK. Yeah. No one is laughing when shit's serious. Nobody's laughing yeah. when people's lives are at stake. It just isn't done. Mm-hmm. And whereas it's just it's serious. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the idea being that, for example, if we're hunter gatherers and we're on the savannah and you have trees rustling and you think it's a tiger that's going to come out. Tigers on the savannah? Uh, you think it's a lion? <laughs> it's about to come out. Yeah. It's a lot. Li- it's a, a lion tiger. It's a tiger. It's a tigon. I was just trying to uphold my own bit. <laughs> so, 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 and then, and then. One of your buddies comes out of the rustling leaves. You, you're like, oh, God, you scared me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a marker of safety. Yeah. And so that's why like jokes need to typically be okay at the end. Yeah. It's like your keys in your hand thing when you're already having a bad day. And then you're like, oh, I just lost my keys. And then you find them and the bad day doesn't exist anymore. You're yeah. And a good you, day. And you laugh. It, it's, a, it's a marker that it's everything is mm-hmm. okay here. Yeah. Uh, it, and so I think that happens with this. Like you, you insert this some sort of violence. Mm-hmm. Some you build tension with what is it taboo or confusion or some kind of danger or sadness or wrongness or anything. And then when you show it to be fine, mm-hmm. people laugh with relief and yeah, yeah. <laughs> laugh yeah. at themselves for having ever thought it was bad. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah, really yeah. fascinating to watch in a comedy show or a comedy open mic in New York when you know everyone in the room has been doing comedy for a while and does comedy and is about to go up that night 
and watch them fall victim to the trickery of a comic mm. that they even maybe know yeah. who's like setting this joke up to put, put them in this dark place. And you watch these comics and it's so funny to watch. Like if I've seen a comics material and I'm like, oh, this bit's great. It's super edgy. And then it's like this release is going to be amazing. And watching comics that I know have done and seen um, so many shows, mm -hmm. watch them be tricked by the setup and their, and like it, the look on their face is like, you, I don't think I like where this is going. It's like, yeah. he's just like you. He's going to break this or she's yeah. going to break this. Just yeah. let it happen. Like, why, why are we yeah, so tricky? I get fall victim yeah. to it all the time. I was going to say, you can just say you. You can. You don't have to. You can just say, <laughs> no, I get tricked all the time. I, I do get tricked. I thought the fucking <laughs> yeah, the kids man. were roofing each other at the musical theater camp. So. Oh, no. I've heard of college dudes doing that, like frat dudes, right? Roofing themselves? Yeah. Well. Yeah. We have a good gonna, we story, have a story to play later yeah, about we that. Do. Anticipation and delivery. Orgasm jokes. Orgasm jokes where you know what's going to happen at the end. Yeah, like not, you know what they're going to say. Not jokes where the <laughs> yeah. comedian has an orgasm. Not that. No, 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 no. Because that's usually wrong. Yeah. That's You'd really need to release comedy? some tension after the tension's released there. Yeah, yeah. That's usually like experimental theater. Yeah, that's yeah. what that is. It's not comedy at all. <laughs> but but uh, no, orgasm jokes meaning... Meaning, like, you know what's going to happen at the end, but the anticipation is yeah. fun, and, like, yeah. getting there is still fun, uh -huh. and then finally when it happens, you're, you're like, like, yes, Yay! you finally said it! <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. fireworks! Yeah. Yeah, right, right, you right. you go like, wait, is he going to say it, or yeah. is she going to say it? Right. Are they going to mm -hmm. get there? Right. I don't know. Now I'm now I'm not sure, but I can't wait, and then... Yeah. Please say the thing I know you're going to say, yeah. which flies in the face of, of traditional... Uh, joke structure which yeah. is you need to say something that is not what was anticipated mm -hmm. in order to strike the laugh the surprise chord in them in that person yeah you don't and there's in this case there's no surprise it's yeah. just the thing they wanted to hear yeah yeah i think act outs work that way too a lot where you yeah. just yeah. say what you're gonna do and then you show yeah. them the thing that you just said but yeah. the way you do it is what makes them laugh mm -hmm. and i think I remember reading this in a joke book where they talk about uh, getting to that anticipation and the audience actually laughs because they feel smart for knowing what you were going to say. Mm -hmm. So it's like they laugh because they're like, ha ha, I didn't know. I knew. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. they're like agreeing with you and they're, they're right. into it. As opposed to. I've shrouded this in mystery. There's no mm -hmm. way you're going to guess my punchline. Yeah. Uh, no matter how good of a puzzle solver you are. Yeah. And then when you get the punchline, then you can reinterpret what you just heard and go, ha ha ha. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Camille Theobald is a fantastic New York City stand-up comedian, sketch writer, Ooh. and podcast producer. She pulls off a rare combination of dark and bubbly, like crude oil that tastes like champagne. <laughs> Did you write it? No. <laughs> she's That's a, a great writer. She's a graduate of AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. She is the host of the Healthy as Fuck podcast, uh, or on iTunes, it's Healthy AF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to yell fucking people's yeah. faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, I mean, not offstage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where she chats with fitness pros and comedians about wellness. So thank you for coming on the show, Camille. Yeah. Thank Such you for joy. having me. Oh, this yeah, is great. It. Yay. Uh, 
first question I always like to ask, and it's it's because it's so important to all of us. It's just why stand up? What does it mean to you? Uh, I guess. I love that I'm in control of what control. I'm doing on stage. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Um, and I'm writing my own material. I'm voicing my opinion. I am uh, getting to be the other side of me, the goofy, the the weird, the like thing that I used to get made fun of for in <laughs> elementary yeah. through high school. Of Like, Camille, why are you so weird? Why are you... Uh, putting on voices. Why are you doing weird shit with your leg right now? Yeah. Like that's just always how I've been. And I've been always hyper, 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 like too much hyper. And um, so finally I found a career that allows me to do that. Yeah. Mm, that's really cool. So it's, it's a, it's, you have freedom and the freedom and control you always wanted. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it is that like, it, it's a, it's an odd thing, right? We're in this place where it's this hierarchy of misfits and outcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. like it's a weird, like I'm the elite outcast. And yeah. so are with all my friends, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> like the top comedians are like, or like the top comics, comics are always just like a who's who of like degenerates. Like Stanhope's <laughs> life is insane. Yeah. And he's the best yeah. at comedy. Yeah. Makes yeah. total sense. <laughs> uh, it's, that's why comedy is like high school for mm, the most part. It is. Oh, no. <laughs> that makes me feel yeah. sad about yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. yeah. No, I love comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Every job has its things. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, uh, when did you. Like, what was that? What was the first time? Like, what was that uh, uh, mm -hmm. impetus like? What was that moment like? Uh, my first time I had uh, just decided, let's try this. I tried improv. I tried sketch. And I was like, they're fun, but they're not like. Did you know? Did yeah. you know you what you really wanted to do was stand up and you were just doing those other things to avoid it? Or no, were you just exploring? I had no idea. Okay. So I never exploring. in my life thought that I would do stand-up comedy. Huh. Really? Yeah. Never. I didn't even know that was a thing. I grew up watching Jerry Seinfeld and that never even crossed my mind. This is so common. Yeah. This is so common. We, I, almost oh, everybody this says is this. how I feel. To, I is, everybody, goes, everybody sees this stuff and then they never, it never occurs to them that it's a job. Yeah. Well, you just don't know how you'd even start. So you, you think just, that oh, it's totally like not. this bizarre deity that just happens to have this incredible skill where they can talk like this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Fumi on the podcast said that he thought they were all like theater majors that like <laughs> studied like monologue, like, yeah. you know, like yeah, funny yeah, yeah. monologue. And then they just go. So out. how did you decide then? Okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, I had done comedic songs in musical theater school and oh, cool. I found so much more joy in those than I did the like sad songs or the, even the, that, I, that is understandable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some people love like the ballads cause they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever they do. And, uh, I loved the immediate reaction, which just shows how insecure I am. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the immediate validation so yeah. much. Um, so that's kind of why I started going into the comedic things. And then the first time I did uh, stand up, um, was at New York comedy club, 2010. I think it was in, uh, it's actually, it I think it was September. Uh, so I'm on my seventh year anniversary this month. Congratulations. And thank you. And, um, 
I just went up and talked about my messed up family. Uh, I remember being somewhat nervous, but not too much just because I had done cabarets mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. where you have to talk in the middle of songs. And this to me was just so much easier because I was like, I don't have to like warm up my voice. There's yeah. no piano to follow. I'm doing whatever I want. <laughs> and, um, I just talked about having six siblings and like I got a couple laughs, uh, yeah. but I also didn't know what to expect. So like to get three laughs was like, whoa, Is that, yeah, yeah. you know, I wrote this and they just laughed at it. And then I was like, thanks guys. This is my first time. Um, thank you for indulging me. And I got off stage and afterward, like, um, were you hooked right away or did you have to process it? I loved it. Yeah. Because then right after that, the comedians who were there were very supportive. And they're like, oh, my God, that was your first time. A welcome. That was awesome. So and I was cool. like, oh, my God, why everyone's so nice to me? <laughs> I found out later it was all because they were trying to have sex with me. <laughs> but so in, in the moment, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like no one had tried to have sex with me the entire time I was trying to dance. <laughs> Just a multi-layered feel-good moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, they think so, I'm funny and fuckable, too. I'm just having the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was you know, I think some of these guys are straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have turned some. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of like my hook moment of like, I don't know. I honestly don't remember so it's how almost well like, I did. It's almost like your desperation canceled out theirs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it totally did. If you could just embody, like you just, your soul goes into the comedian of your choice. Body whose career? Yeah. Whose Ooh. career would you like to just have right now? You just get to live their career. Like a currently living? And current, and, or and, maybe from and the And why? Past. And why? Yeah, and why? Oh, that's... I think she'll explain, right? Last person I asked didn't. Oh, yeah? Gene? <laughs> Somebody just gave you one word answer. <laughs> Carson. Probably, honestly... I would love to just embody Jerry Seinfeld's career. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. has everything I want. You know, a billion dollars. Yeah, but like, and, yeah, did yeah. stand up. Some solid penis his... envy. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I won't. No, his penis. Can you is do an impression really of small. him? <laughs> I think he has big dick swag. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> let me see. Could I do an impression of Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, I'd love to hear. You know when I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really bad. I've never tried. That was, that was bad, but I just I wow. Feel like it was yeah. on spot. It was adorably no, was horrible. Have you, ever, have you ever walked outside <laughs> and you see a person walking and you're like, "Where are they walking? Where are they going?" Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's really bad. Why are you yeah. walking? <laughs> you're just one foot in front of the other all the time. Wow. Um, okay. Really Sorry, funny. that was really bad. It's and okay. I, I mean, I, I, I one more. I was gonna say, please stop. But, he, but like, yeah. <laughs> one of the best. He's like a Rushmore of comics kind of comic. He's got one of. The, he's got the most syndicated television comedy yeah. sitcom of all time. He, he he just like vanished for a while. And then came back with um, comedians in cars getting coffee, oh, like one of my favorite shows now. Yeah, which is like it's such he didn't a like really vanish. He was touring all the time. Yeah, he yeah. did actually vanish for a second though. He did. There was a intermittent period. Where Very he brief. Yeah, it was extremely brief. He yeah, was yeah. back doing stand up like almost right away. Uh, the the, Just, the, the, the 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 documentary comedian was all that, about. That. Oh, you're right. You're right. That okay, is the yeah. best documentary ever made. Yeah. You should watch it. It's so comedian. Good. It's by Jerry Seinfeld. So Orny yeah. Adams is also poor Orny. Called. Poor Orny. He did not come off. <laughs> he did Conan recently though. Yeah. Actually. So uh, so it'd be Jerry. And why yeah. why would it be Jerry for you? Uh, because. He had such an awesome show, you know, he, uh, 
So it's the success writer. I mean, he, the fact that he did stand up, then had an amazing show, then went back to stand up still and now has another show. And he like has an empire and he inspires people consistently. Mm -hmm. And he's always, anytime you hear him talk about the theory of stand up, it's so great. (gasps) I just, I, I eat it up. I eat up his, his, his comedy theory. Like, uh, honestly, like I didn't even laugh at his earlier stand up that much, but he is just an amazing business person mm-hmm. and an ama- a really hard worker. And, um, yeah, it's he, just, I, 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 I call him the smuggest man in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he yeah, yeah, is, yeah. he is the embodiment of smug and he's earned it. And it's yeah. like, well, it's not even like, I was just thinking, cause I was like, ah, for someone with a billion dollars, Jerry doesn't seem like he's like lost any of his. And then someone was like, no, he's pretty smug. He seems smug. It's like, He's been smug since the beginning. Yeah, it's was, like he that's started that's, smug. That's how he always is. Yeah. That's always that, he's know. always had that little thing in the corner of his mouth. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, I would take yeah. any day. I would take Jerry's love of himself. Like I would. I would. Yeah. Yeah. What a great thing to just love yourself that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe it spills over into narcissism. But you know what? He seems fine with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you had an experience where? Somebody either contemporary or somebody further along than you said something to you that made a difference. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, do you have an example? I love oh these, these kinds of tips. Occasionally yeah. we get something great. Like a from click it. moment. Yeah. Where you go, oh, yeah, shit. I was going to tell a story about how a comedian said something nice to me and stopped me from quitting comedy, but we need an aha moment. So, moment was when Chris Hamilton told me about uh, something that uh, Seton Smith said to him. You're having a conversation with the audience. If you would not say that in a normal conversation with someone, why would you say it to the audience? If you're and talk to them like they're one person, they're one person in a conversation. You just gave me a click moment. That's what you're doing. (laughs) If you're doing anything outside of that, they can read it. It's Mm -hmm. desperation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uncomfortable. And when you're addressing a group, it's the essence of uncomfortable, of yeah. not being comfortable on stage. Yeah. Because yeah. you're you think- trying to command yeah. the attention of a group of people as opposed to assuming uh, that the person in front of you is going to have a conversation with you where they don't talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, like, he passed that information to me, which was like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's great. It's so fucking... Which, and, and but it just makes me feel like okay so what about the act out comics but there's plenty of people who act out stuff in the conversation yeah <laughs> like yeah. i do it when i'm telling a story to my friends at a yep. dinner table or yep. whatever i love silly voices I, and oh, shit i totally yeah. do that right yeah. so i'm like okay so it's not completely out of the norm for someone to do an act out in a conversation we just we forget sometimes when we're performing like i need to do more mm-hmm. no you don't but if they gear up to an act out, which is bad on and off stage, like comedians yeah. on yeah, it, yeah, like yeah. when it's like, I can just see this act out coming and I don't like that. I can tell it's coming and yeah. what it's going to be. And it's going to not be very present. Yeah. Yeah. The that's act out cool. should come out of nowhere and like seem seamless. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's play some of Camille's material. Ooh. Hell yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Camille, is there anything you want to say about this bit before we get started? Um, this bit, uh, what's it called? What would you call it? Ooh, <laughs> uh, that's an interest. I don't know how to spell that. Gun control <laughs> is what I would call it. Oh, oh man. Gun control. Um, uh, this is a bit that kind of came out of me out of silliness in a way. And, um, 
also out of frustration with America. And uh, it's there's there's not as much tension built into it as Louis C.K. or anything, yeah. but it does touch on a, a, a sore subject right now. And um, there's one point towards the end that is the most tension, I think. Great. Yeah. Great. Utah's weird, though. Uh, BYU, a major university in Utah, suspended one of their best athletes for having sex before marriage. Yeah, but they allow guns on campus. <laughs> So you can shoot people with bullets, but not your semen? Mm. Where's the love? Like, I don't think they get it. Bullets kill people. Semen makes people. (laughs) (laughs) Much rather, if I had a choice, much rather get shot in the heart with semen. (laughs) Wipe it off and run away. to get squirt guns yeah. and, but then like someone kind of went ooh and I'm like wait why are you ooing uh, yeah. squirt guns too soon yeah. <laughs> too soon <laughs> It's funny when people back off from like weird shit like that. Yeah. That well, is such a fucking fun Oh, it's so great. Thank you for <laughs> letting us play that. It's coming. It's that so was my, that was my no. favorite joke. I like your setup. Your that. setup is so great. It's yeah. so just like, oh, we're going to talk about gun policy. And then <laughs> you just shoot off in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of how my mind works. And so I'm trying to do more like that because mm-hmm. I am very much like an A to G person, oh, gee. Oh, yeah. like past C, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so I'm trying to get better at doing that on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that because you th- you br- you br- you release the tension because they think you're going to go into something more like seriously political, yeah, mm-hmm. like more like a Jim Jeffries type of thing, yeah. Um, but just you just like five minutes of cum guns, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. cum and guns, people <laughs> jerking off into guns. What were you doing with your? Oh, well, so the audience will be able to hear. There was some act It was like basically I'm loading my gun by masturbating and then shooting. So, but like my hand is really wide. So this is how guys masturbate, right? And then yeah, then you had another act out where you're masturbating in the corner and you're upset because you can't 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 come. Give me a minute. This is great. Like I really, I really love this bit, and I, I, I like it for a host of reasons. But uh, why, in particular, and I want to talk about different pieces of it. Why did you pick it for attention release? Aside from that's how orgasms work. <laughs> um, I think because I mean it's one of my newer jokes, so it's one of my favorites. Um, and I think it's because uh, just that one can be hit or miss. Uh, uh, I mean, really, come on. I know. Hit or miss. Come on. (laughs) 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 Not a pun, but you made it one. I like that. Um, (laughs) uh, It's, and it's, I don't, it's just my favorite one right now. That's why I chose it. Because there's risk for you. There is risk. There is a lot of risk. So when it does work, it's like, oh, yes. You know, and um, it's one of those just like, I, it is like orgasming when it works, you know, um, and it means a lot to me. Like yeah. that gun control is a big thing in, in my life that I would like to see fixed by yeah. the end of when I die, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. one thing I think is important for the listeners to know is just that you're from Utah. Yeah. I'm from Utah. Yeah, so, you're not just I mean, randomly before, talking about Utah. Yeah, you, I guess I should have included the Utah part, but cool. I felt like, eh. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm from Utah. So I do a bit about how Utah's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have so many good lines in here. Um, I'm curious about the construction of this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you start with it? Well, I started with, uh, BYU, suspended one of their best athletes for having sex that. before marriage. So that's where it started. It started that's that, where it started that, with. That news story. Yeah. Okay. And I was, cause, um, along, I used to have a bunch of Utah bits that were more centered around Mormons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you know what? People aren't relating to this obviously. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't know what Mormonism is, you're not going to laugh at it. So there's a lot of setup you have to do if you want yeah. that to work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, what's something more relatable? What's going on? Uh, and I was like, well, this is a weird thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would they, you know, allow that? And then I was like looking up other facts about BYU ah. and I just stumbled. And honestly, I wrote down this premise two years before I ever wrote this joke. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so cool. And so I was looking through old notebooks one day of like all my Mormon jokes. And I was like, oh, that was a weird thing. And then I was like, you know, what? let's research stuff about BYU. And then I was like, oh, at that time, they don't anymore. I <laughs> found out. But they at that time, they allowed guns on campus. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. So like, and then I was looking at other rules. There are so many rules at BYU. And I think it started with kind of that conversation. And that's why it brought back into my head was they, you cannot have a beard. If you go to BYU, you cannot have a full beard. You can have a mustache. What? Yeah. Men cannot have beards. There's lots of insane. There's a lot of weird rules. So I was like, what are other weird rules? You know? And so like, it kind of, it kind of became, 
um, like a stumble upon. And then, of course, all the shootings are happening and uh, the fight for we should, you know, make guns harder to get. And so, like, it kind of just it clicked Mm -hmm. when I was looking at that, like, wait, so you can... You yeah. can yeah. shoot someone, but you can't have sex. Like, right. that's yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah. I love your line. Where it really, I think the, the this line sets it up so well. Where you say, um, bullets kill people. Semen makes people. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you, it's, you set up this dichotomy, and you play with that for the rest of the bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, when did you... When did when did you uh, co- create that compare and contrast? Like, what was was that early on in the development of the bit or later? Or? I think so. I was just I was messing around at an open mic. Mm-hmm. I was just like I had this premise and I needed to justify it and um, just like comparing like mm-hmm. what do guns do? What does semen do? Mm-hmm. You know, and and actually um, for a while it started with me saying so you can shoot people with guns but not your penis and then it seemed to make way more sense to actually talk about the bullets mm-hmm. um and then once i switched it over to the bullets that's when everything came together because i was like yeah. oh semen bullets what else could come out of guns mm-hmm. come could come out of guns wait <laughs> maybe if and, and then then it was like a slow like the cop bit didn't come in until like maybe months yeah. after i had written the first part and then i was like in a conversation with uh, a friend of mine about all these cops killing black people and then i was like oh my god what if cops just had come in their guns <laughs> like it was just yeah mm. <laughs> it would be better how do you get into it you say well, it would be better if their guns were just full of semen was that, is that how you said it or uh, I say there'd be a lot less protests in America. Yeah, okay. Cops' guns were just full oh, of semen. And then you go, it would be weird though. And now we're in Playland. Yeah. Now you're in anything goes. You get yeah. to just like, uh, here's how weird it would be. Yeah, because that used to be like the end of it, and I was like, that's not funny enough to end on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. like you can't end on cop. You know, like no. cops killing people. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Once uh, you started so, this bit, where did it? Like, uh, how long before it got to this point? Like Once way too long. Uh, probably six months. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too long. It's I feel just, like that's too long. Yeah. But like <laughs> it was a lot of um, hesitation, honestly, for me, because I was like, should I talk about this? I'll, just go, I'll go back to my feminist bit. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I go um, and um, me doing this weird stuff actually started with a feminist bit where I say we should just change the name for feminism into something more fun. Um <laughs> So I usually don't even enjoy pun jokes that much, but you really nail it here where you're like, uh, it's lady cop. She's like, here, just cock it. Yeah. That part is actually (laughs) only two months old. Oh, the cock it part. And uh, some people don't get it. They're Uh, like, yeah, no, it's too fat. You almost, I almost feel like you, you should give that a moment to just be quiet. Yeah. Here, cock it. And then because it's a thinker. (laughs) Yeah, it's a yeah, thinker, yeah. and mm. and there are going to be people who they just need a little another moment to yeah. get it. You almost need to indicate that's a that's a punchline. Uh, yeah. Brandon Scott Wolf in an early and uh, in, in one of our episodes called those soft punchlines, mm, yeah. where you identify that uh, it's not going to hit you right in the head. Yeah. It's going to be. It's just like oh wait oh oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have addressed it before where there was like total silence, and I was like oh so none of you know how to shoot a gun. Okay. <laughs> like, because people don't know that you mm-hmm. cock it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, so you're, you're playing with, 
uh, in here in terms of in terms of the uh, tension and release, you're you're playing with uh, a few different things here. You're playing yeah. with sexual taboo. You're playing with the uh, hot topic of guns. You're playing a little bit with, um, I think just 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 blue humor in general. Yeah. Uh, right. You're a little, a little. There's some gross out factor here. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Off mic, you said that you picked this bit because it's not not i'm not building tension the whole time Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of like a little bit of tension here okay fine a little bit of that oh where is she going with this Mm -hmm. oh a little bit there um so it's not like uh a really long tension builder and then a big release right yeah right right you you do the louis ck thing yeah, in this. yeah, yeah. You yeah. you expand the balloon and you let it there out. You expand it a little bigger than you let there out, and then yeah. yeah. Um, do you think you're? Uh, <laughs> it's a shame people didn't get the sh- the squirt guns. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. They, well, I mean, they did finally get it, but it took them a minute. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, let's talk about sex. I am excited about this next clip. It is by Sarah Silverman, and it's from her. I think, transcendent 2017 Netflix special, Speck of Dust. It's a story about her sister, and it elicited one of the biggest laughs that I've ever heard from my wonderful girlfriend. (laughs) She almost crashed the car on the trip that we were on when I played it for her. It was legitimately scary how hard she was laughing. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh, So to me, this is perfect for the theme of tension and release. I'm going to... Okay. I'm going to be indulgent and tell a story that's just a true story. Um, it's about one of my sisters. I have three sisters. This is about one of them. Um, I won't say which one, but her name is Jodine. <laughs> um, Jodine went to Boston University. And uh, if you're familiar with BU, they have co-ed dorms, which most universities have now, um, but they have co-ed bathrooms in the co-ed dorms. And Jodine uh, got the drunkest she had ever been her freshman year, like so many freshmen do. And she stumbled back to her room and she managed to get her uh, jeans off, you know, and just passed out in in a t-shirt and underwear. And a few minutes later, the room started spinning, and she ran to the bathroom, and she started throwing up, and she's vomiting. And while she's vomiting, she can feel that somebody is tugging her underwear down. But she couldn't turn around or stop it um, because she was throwing up so hard. And she's vomiting and vomiting, and... They're tugging her underwear down. It's going down, all the way down to the ground. And she finally finishes throwing up, and she whips her head around to see who's there. But she didn't see anybody because she had been shitting herself. (laughs) That's that's a true story. Relief laugh. Oh, 
I know that I'm your show, but you have to understand, like, you're my show, and you were so beautiful. You were so, you had so much empathy. You were so worried. You could hear a pin drop in the story. It was so nice. And, you know, you, I understand, you thought she was going to get raped. And, and she, she thought she was going to get raped. She thought she was about to get raped. And I've really thought about this, and I, I think this may be one of the only scenarios where you can look down at a pair of underwear just, just filled with your own shit and think, oh, thank God. Yeah, she even calls it a relief joke. Yeah. Yep. No, yep. She even calls it totally. out. That is like the ultimate release joke. Right. Like we're uh, and because it feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. So especially it's, as the person telling the story, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know if they're gonna laugh. But yeah. that one's almost a kind of a guaranteed mm-hmm. laugh. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I wonder how many times she had to rewrite that. You know. And and even oh, that punchline is genius yeah yeah because it perfectly means both things Mm -hmm. she's shitting herself literally yeah and she's shitting herself figuratively yeah Yeah. yeah, oh my god yeah it's a perfect punchline yeah i just oh my god yeah because it like it even if you told this without all that tension this would work as a joke just a device, just like an, a, an uh-huh, artifact yeah. joke that you could write out and it would, it would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because of the language. Totally. But what Perfect. she does with it there? Yeah. Holy really... shit. Genius. And I like the juxtaposition. Like, just like, this is the only time where you can just look at it. And she's yeah. so like, I love her. Dis- she's such a, it's like such a vivid description, the whole mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, just filled with your own shit and be like, oh, thank God. Just like that. Uh huh. I love that also the release of the character is like another release. In How the do you mean? Later. Like the, the character, her sister in the story's mm-hmm. release mm-hmm. is the same as the audience's. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. It's just yeah. everyone just needs it to be okay. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. She, she, it's funny. And, and it is she kind a of explains legit, it, it the is a, joke. Hold on real quickly. It's actually a release. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just of a certain kind of tension. Oh my god, True. it's so fun. What were you gonna say? I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, she she literally explains the joke. Uh-huh. Yeah, she she does the joke and then goes she's back like, through it. This is why the yeah, and and it works and it doesn't feel like uh huh over explain. It's just perfect. I, that's. I don't know. I and she, I, I enjoy how she essentially calls the room, right? Where mm, you, you yeah. see what's happening in the room and you feel mm. the energy and then you tell everybody what's happening and everybody goes, oh yeah, that is what was happening. And they laugh out of the recognition yeah. of the thing that you said is true. Yeah. Right. So her, when she says, when she points out, you mentioned this earlier, she points out, you were so worried. Yeah. You're so full of empathy. You <laughs> yeah. pointed out that laughter can then come from people laughing at themselves at having been worried. Yeah. 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 
But also I think it's really important with uh, release intention jokes to address it sometimes. Not mm-hmm. every time, but mm-hmm. like addressing like, oh, don't feel bad. Like yeah. there will be a good thing soon. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. um, usually don't feel bad doesn't help. But, you know, a better <laughs> way of saying that. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. I, don't don't feel bad goes, but I do feel bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. you get. Yeah. Don't honor your feelings. <laughs> so my brothers told me. I also love the like, I don't know if this it encompasses tension release specifically, but the way she's like, you're my show. And, Mm. and she's like walking them through with such like, like soulful sweetness in her voice, Mm -hmm. how well she manipulated them emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) You were so empathetic. I love that. And it's just, it's so, I don't know. And she does it with, it's, it seems like more a feeling of joy yeah. and playfulness than it is about control. And I'm not yeah. saying control isn't a part of it, but that's not what she's conveying. Uh, it's, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a comedian whose persona is nurturing. Like mm. I've, n- I've never seen another comic like her, the way she talks to the crowd is like a mother, like, or like, <laughs> like your best friend's mom. It's like, I wish my mom was like your mom, like Sammy or whatever. She just, she's like taking care of the audience. Yeah. She's very like soft spoken, but very like fun and goofy. And she like, I don't know. She's just so yeah. wonderful. I love this is, this is one of the most impressive bits I've ever heard in my uh-huh. life. When I heard it, I was like, this is the next level, next, next level. She sparks in the mind. They're about to hear something that's going to really upset them. Yeah. And they know they're at a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know it's Sarah Silverman. They know she's going to deliver. Yeah. But the way she throws them off the scent is oh, say, <sighs> I'm going to be a little indulgent <laughs> yeah. here. Like she she, yeah. she makes them think that she's not going to do comedy for a minute. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she tricks him into believing that she's just going to tell this awful story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just need to tell. That was like, that was definitely, she leaned in mm-hmm. to the uncomfortableness. That's not a word. Discomfort is discomfort. the word I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt a lot of uncomfortability when you said uncomfortability the first time, but yeah. I was like, no, I need to, I just need to sit with my uncomfortableness, ability. I don't know if this, <laughs> she's such an established comedian for doing incredible bits like this, that I don't know if this factored in, but in this special, she references her sister Jodine a lot oh, yeah. as even being in the audience. Mm-hmm. There's like a point where she's like, I just heard my sister's laugh. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. dead. Yeah, she and does that. Like she, she does, and then she's like, I have three sisters. I'm not going to say which one it is, but her name is Jodine. Which is a very classic. She yeah. used and used and used joke. You can... It it makes the bit. It's I almost think, like public use. It's yeah, it's like, a public domain yeah. joke. Yeah, it's like <laughs> happy birthday almost. She's saying like, she's she's among you. She's with you right now. She is like so. Th- when they finally get to that laugh, uh-huh. they can laugh even harder. It's like Jodine is even in on this. Like she was thinking this uh-huh. punchline is coming uh-huh. this entire time. Uh-huh. It yeah. just like adds another layer to like how incredible that bit is. And those and in that moment, yeah, I think you're right. I never even thought about yeah. that. She does 
basically plant her sister, at least in the minds of the audience, yeah, as yeah. being in the audience as a plant. I yeah. guarantee you, uh, audience was like looking up because whenever they say like this person's in the audience with us tonight, like yeah. people look over, but then it's like my sister's over there, and I bet everyone's like, oh, it's one of those yeah. sister. And they, I bet so many people looked over at her. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I bet you she's done that, done that at clubs, and she's done that so many times. Yeah, yeah. Her sister was never there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like yeah. maybe one time yeah. she had done that bit. The well, sister was there. I think. This is like why that's special, though, is like this bit is so good and this performance of this bit is so good because, I mean, you know what we've been saying. But I think that factors into like this is the one that is uh, lives on the Internet forever. Like this performance, I think. I don't know. The laughs, by the Mm -hmm. way, are... They're so wrong. Yeah, they're stay roll. Yeah, yeah, like she has to wait and let them get it out of their system. Yeah, before she can even move on to the next part where she explains to them why they're laughing. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's it's so good. It's so good. That wait is like the best wait. <laughs> I, I think there's an emotional um, intensity. Totally. Now, it's not just danger, but there's also an emotional intensity that she builds within herself mm-hmm. that then she shifts to, she goes from serious and, 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 and like dour and quiver. like, again, her voice is quivering to the release is, uh, aren't I cute? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> like yeah. that, that it's it that sh- that quick emotional shift mm-hmm. is a release of tension as well. Yeah. Come on, let's talk about sex. Hey, if you like this episode and you know someone else who would, please take a moment right now to share it with them. We do our best to make this an entertaining resource for performance tips, comedy theory, and writing techniques. We're learning as we go too, and we're firm believers that a rising tide lifts all ships. So help us help your friends be funny. If you're listening on the podcast app on your iPhone, just look in the lower right corner. There's three dots. Tap that, then share episode. You can also tap the cartoon image of Harrison and me in the app, and then you'll see the show notes with some sharing links for Twitter and Facebook. And one more thing, check out my website, letstalkaboutsets.com. I've organized the episodes by comedians we discussed and by the themes of the episodes. Letstalkaboutsets.com. Okay, back to the show. All right. So this next bit is from Tom Segura, and it's on a 2013 episode of This Is Not Happening. It's a bit of a long story, and it's called Overdoses. All right. Let's go back to 1997. Holy shit. And fuck, that time flies. And uh, I'm a freshman in college. And uh, Thanksgiving... Remember Thanksgiving, everybody? That's the first time that you go usually back home. That's your first break in your freshman year. And it's a big deal because it's also like a mini class reunion, right? It's the first time you see everybody that you used to go to school with every day. You're back your first few months and everybody's recapping. And the big thing is the next day, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, everybody gets together and parties their fucking balls off while acting like they're a new person, right? Um, so I, uh, I start off, I find the guy, one of the guys that didn't go to school, and he's like, I'm the new drug supplier. And I'm like, I remember you from math. And uh, he asked me what I want, and I'm like, what do you got? And he goes, I have ecstasy. And I go, yeah. Everyone says, that's fun. Let's try it. 
Um, and I start taking it. And um, oh, I forgot to mention uh, before before I went to college, senior year, I got really into a drug that was making its way, uh, especially through the South, through Florida, called GHB. Um, and I'm I'm sure I don't know if you know what it is. It's it's a gamma hydroxybutyric acid. Your body naturally produces it. Sometimes uh, there's some places where they regulate it as an anesthetic, but basically when you get it, somebody made it in a bathtub, and <laughs> that's the good stuff, all right? <laughs> um, and they sell it to you, and they get it in a water bottle. They also call it the date rape drug. I know. I didn't do that. I gave it to myself all the time. <laughs> and it does have an amazing effect on sex. I'm masturbating, let's be honest. I'm <laughs> masturbating. Uh, I really had some crazy masturbation seminars <laughs> as a senior. And then I passed out, and I'm like, who jerked me off? Oh, yeah, it was me. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways. Okay, so I get the ecstasy into my system, and then I, I take it. I'd never taken it, so as soon as I take it, I go like, hey, man. Fucking, I don't feel anything. He's like, you just took it, man. Like, <laughs> give it a minute, all right? All right. So I'm hanging out at this party. We're at a party. Everyone's together. And then we're going to go to a bar. And at the end of the house party on the way to the bar, I go, hey, man, I don't feel anything. So he goes, all right, when we get to the bar, come find me, and I have GHB. So I'm like, okay. So I find him, and he's like, all right, let's go to the car. And that's always the big move when you go to the car, right? You're like, ah, oh, this is where dreams come true in the car. <laughs> the drug dealer's car is where it all lives. So I'm expecting what I know, which is a water bottle, and then a dose is the cap. So all you do is you pour the water into the cap, and you drink it like that. It tastes like, like ocean water, like seawater, right? Salt water. And then it, it's immediate. GHB, if it's good stuff, it's like, we used to call it permagrin, because you'd just be like, ah. <laughs> and if someone's like, fuck you, you're like, ah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, where is it? And he goes, it's right there. And he has a, a gallon jug, right? And I'm like, wow, that's not a water bottle. He's like, yeah, I haven't even put it into the water bottles yet. That's the full thing. And it's a full gallon. Now, if you think about a full gallon, you know that A, the cap is much different. It's flatter. You're not going to sample. And it's also heavier. So I don't know how to pour it. So he's like, just take a shot. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, no. So I put it up. And then I go in my mind, oh, shit. I have like nine shots in my mouth right now. So the options are, do I spit it back into... <laughs> The main jug, which I feel like he's going to be, like, not cool with that, you know, <laughs> being that he's a drug dealer and all. Um, the other thing would be spit it out on the ground, and I don't want to be rude, right? <laughs> so I just go, like, <laughs> and I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> I have taken way too much GHB. Now, I'm leaving out the, uh, the point that you're not supposed to mix GHB and alcohol. It is potentially <laughs> fatal. You may have known this. If you didn't, it can be. At this point, I am on 13 or 14 drinks, right? Like, and it's oh liquor, like, you know, vodka drinks, and I'm just pounding them. Oh. I get the, the, the nine shots into me, and then I walk oh. back into the bar, and I'm like, what, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm fucking... 
they're like, where does all this personality come from? I'm just natural, man. So, and then I sat down. I remember sitting down, and the uh, girl girlfriend came, and she sat on my lap, and then lights out. Like, I just don't remember anything. Like, I went to sleep. All I remember is that I wake up, and I'm looking at lights on a ceiling, right? I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Is this heaven? Or... And then I see a woman come into frame, right? Because I'm laying on my back. I can't talk. I can't move my arms. And this woman goes, hey, Tom, you are in the emergency room, and you overdosed on drugs, and now you're, you're coming out of a coma. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> Like processing it. But the process literally was just eyes closed, like, oh, shit. And, I, and my only thought was like, I hope nobody knows. So, <laughs> I hope nobody knows. And then I open my eyes again, and my parents come into frame. Oh, no. And I'm like, ah, everybody knows. <laughs> and they look so just like, we thought you were a good kid. What the fuck? So... I'd never been in trouble. They, I have, I can't, they won't let your arm out because I pull out the tubes. I have a tube for breathing. I have another tube that's pumping liquid charcoal into my stomach because that makes the chemicals and the drugs like come together and then you also can't digest it so you vomit, which is what they want you to do. So as I'm like, I'm also like, I'm throwing up, right? So, a piece of paper and a pen that you can't, I can't really write normally because I'm strapped down, but I can kind of chicken scratch. And they're like, what did you take? Because they're trying to figure, they don't even know what I took. So I write, heroin. <laughs> and they go, are you serious? And I write, JK. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like, good one. They're like, what the fuck are you joking? <laughs> so, then the, the kid in me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my parents and I'm like so worried about them. I write on the paper, I go, are you mad at me? And my parents, at that moment, my dad reads it and he goes, no, buddy. Just disappointed. (laughs) Can you save that for when I'm breathing on my own? (laughs) So I'm in that emergency. I get moved to critical, then ICU. In the ICU, a doctor comes in who I hadn't seen yet. And I'm later told, this is a doctor. They tell me, this is a doctor that saved your life. So I'm sitting there in the bed, and... uh, he comes in and he goes, uh, are you in a band? And I was like, what, man? What? And he goes, are you in a band? And I was like, no, I'm not in a fucking band. And he goes, well, you had enough in you to take down two drum players and a bass player, man. Like, you now with the fucking jokes, really? And I go, well, he goes, what did you take? And I go, I had, uh, I don't know, I took a couple pills. I told him, honestly, I had some drinks. And um, I, t- I took, uh, you know, some GHB, probably enough for, like, a, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he goes, what about the heroin? And I go, no, I was just joking. And he goes, uh, no, you have heroin in your system. And I was like, 
really? <laughs> like, yeah, you have heroin, you have cocaine, you have PCP. Um, it's like you also have the same chemicals that are in um, like cleaners, like some of the like the super duty cleaners. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> And he goes, where'd you get your GHB from? And I go, one of my buddies from high school. He's like, oh, he's a good friend. He gave you some fucking WD-40 to put in your system. Wow. So I, um, I you know, eventually get to breathe on my own and all this shit. And then he comes back and they're like, you know, the doctor, the nurse tells me, the doctor that saved you wants to talk to you. And I'm like, all right. And uh, I ask him, like, how did I survive? And he was like, honestly... Cause you're fat, like. You're fat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, "What, man?" <laughs> and he goes, "I mean, a smaller person would definitely, like, a hundred twenty-pound person would die halfway through this. This is just one of the only times where it's good to be fat." Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's why I still haven't lost the weight, you guys. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking so good! Oh yes, god! So good. Can't Jesus. trust anyone's G H G H B whatever. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, it's so funny. Yeah, he's got uh, a lot of setup to do with this. I mean, yeah. oh, this is mm-hmm. so it's a story. Well, like a, yeah, it's I, story. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it is just one of the things about comedic storytelling is that you have you have to set those pins up, and every time you set the pin up, you have to go look how funny this pin is. <laughs> you gotta have a joke for each little setup. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like uh, one one of the reasons I picked it. I mean, it does what we've been talking about the whole time, where he's like putting the crowd in an, an intense moment, and he's br- breaking that with this release. Yeah, he's doing that in terms of like the way he's telling the story. Obviously, I think to me, what's interesting is that he is uh, releasing tension, like it, like he was releasing tension as a person in that story, like yeah. him in the story at that age. Is releasing tension with the doctor, with the fucking his parents. Like he's doing it then too, like the little heroin thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that he's just trying to break the tension of like he has tubes coming out of his mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, I did a heroin. That's what I did. Yeah. Which is really I don't know. I just I love it. I I think it's Yeah, really that, that, that is interesting. He is he's breaking the tension as the character in the story mm-hmm. with other people. Yeah. I, I didn't even think of that. I think it's also I like this. This is a little off theme, but uh, I like any set, uh, any bit that's about uh, comics childhood or like yeah. youthful days yeah, me too. where you can tell that they were going to be a comedian by the way where their brain went in that moment. And I feel like mm-hmm. that heroin, it's like no one that isn't going to become a comedian would, would ever think of something like that. Well, they don't even know what they're doing in that room and just like make a little, I did heroin joke to their parents. Like that's a crazy person who thinks that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I just love that. I love that. In that bit. Um, but also I just, I think, the whole thing is just, it's an intense moment. A lot of times where you're like, he even builds it up. He's like, oh, I have nine shots in my mouth. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is already going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. just, I don't, I, but he also kind of does what Louis does where he's, he, he keeps it light the entire time. He does. It's not a slow build. A lot of it is, is his inflection too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, natural man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. Uh, I, I, I think he's a, also a master of, 
hopping from character to character. Mm, yeah. yeah. He yeah. does a really good job of, and then I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, it's very seamless. You, yeah. you don't even really notice him doing it. Yeah. He's like a bar talk. Like, he just sounds like a guy. Yeah. Telling like, a story sound, at a bar. He sounds like the whole bar, though. He's like everyone at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's just, he's fucking. He kind of reminds me of Louis in a lot of ways. Does the, the, the way he paces, the way his, the weight. his yeah, the, the weight. weight he's fat, they have goatees, they're balding. Yeah, no, just the, his like, because he's, he's like young, he's like 33, but it was just like, the, he has that like subtlety where you like, he, he's so endearing and charming, mm-hmm. but in this like kind of like curmudgeon way that's like, yeah, it yeah. really suckers you in. You, you believe everything he's saying, mm-hmm. like Louie, like you're just like, I'm on board. Yeah, I, I, I like... <laughs> like when he says, uh, "I hope nobody knows." Parents come into frame, <laughs> yes. right now. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're sort of seeing that in our yeah, mind because totally. yeah. he says the frame. We see the frame, right? See the parents sort of like pop in, right? And then he's like, "Everybody knows like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that." And his inflection makes that pop so much more for sure. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's dealing with death here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's scary. Yeah, this is this is super scary. He's yeah. he's dealing with um, uh, potentially dying, and people know he's fine, obviously. Yeah. Oh. But they're still bothered. Yeah, of course, because it's like, <gasps> like how? Because my whole thing was like, how did yeah. you live? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great because when he answers that question, he's answering the question everyone wants to know. Yeah, and that's the the end of the story. And that's the the yeah. big. Oh, that's interesting. That's the big tension release. It's the biggest uh, release of tension in the whole thing. The biggest laugh comes from uh, the resolution of confusion. Yeah. We're like, wait, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. How did How you did live? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when he tells you it's because he's fat. <laughs> that's, yeah. yes. Yeah. And uh, it seems like, I mean, the way he said, and that's why I won't lose the weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost feels like he said something about the weight beforehand, but we yeah, know he yeah. didn't. But like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's a continuing question to people who are overweight. It's like, well, why don't you try? Why don't you try? You know, uh, which first of all, don't ask people that they're, they're living their lives, but yeah. I'm even, the, I'm a health podcast person. I was like, you know, if they don't want to, yeah. they're no, they don't want to, they don't need to. Uh-huh. But like, um, the, it, it also adds an, another element of like, yeah, you, Stay you. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It saved your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I I just realized I forgot. I wrote this down. Um, he has like a tiny little release laugh. He does when he mentions that GHB is also the date rape drug. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't date rape anyone. I did it to myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'd wake yeah. up the next day and be like, Oh, who jerked me off? Oh, it was me, me again. <laughs> like, I, I, just, it I just, have never heard of this drug. Yeah, and it, well, it's weird because it's. I've always heard the dra- day rape drug is Rufalin. Yeah. I thought that's what it because Rohypnol, I think. Oh, okay. Ro-hypnol. So, like, I guess they're all in the same category of like what rapists use. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all classified like that. Everybody talks about yeah, like yeah. that. But I think what's interesting about that, he didn't even need to mention that it is the date rape drug. That, no, he it's didn't. Clearly doing something different with it than like roofing or whatever. Um, and so he creates his own tension to break very quickly before yeah. he gets into the story, mm-hmm. which kind of sets him up to have that but like, it personality also, in the story. It sets up that he's comfortable with the drug. 
Yes. And that and he's, he's an experienced drug user. Yeah. He yeah. does this often. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of comics. I've and heard... also that he knows better for what he's about to do. Yeah. And I, the, the, the line where he goes, and I don't want to be rude. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. No. It's so you funny. You need to live before you're rude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? But it was funny. With the thing where he's like, when he has it in the back of his throat and he was like, I can't spit it back up and I can't spit it out. Cause that would fuck up my relationship with this drug dealer. <laughs> it's like, I put myself there. I'm like, I think I would actually swallow it too. I, I really do out of a need to be liked. I can't, I'm a drug dealer mad at me. I think I would actually. Oh, it's so funny. Or I would be like, a spider was in my throat and spit it up. He does another <laughs> thing. <laughs> he does another thing. You fly. This up absurd oh, you excuse. see that hawk? <laughs> hawk oh, I me. sneeze. I sneeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, oh, God. Another thing he does. Oh, he has a couple different things that are, if you have used drugs, you get where yeah. he's like, he's like, I don't feel anything, man. He's yeah. like, you just took oh. it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, and then where he, he, he talks about, even if you don't, are, if, you, if you don't use drugs, you can uh, imagine it where he's like, that's where dreams come true. The car. Yeah. Like uh-huh. he, as he, he takes it from this one specific moment. This is what I did. He, then he says, this is the way it always is. Yeah. And there's something really funny about that. Even if you don't agree with it all the way, there's something very funny where, where he makes it for a moment. This always happens. You know <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, forcing people to relate to him with an experience they may or may not have had. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Come on. Let's talk about sex. A huge thanks to our guest, Camille Theobald. Her podcast is Healthy as Fuck, which you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud. The links are in the show notes. See her live at her monthly comedy show, Cockwood at Rockwood. It's every second Saturday. Her next one is on October 14th. Tickets and scheduling are online. You can check that out in my lovely show notes. You should follow her. Become her follower on Twitter at Camaltheo. It's C-A-M-L-T-H-E-O. She's active on Instagram at Camille Theobald Comedy. And again, all this stuff is in the show notes. And a special thanks to Louis C.K., Sarah Silverman, and Tom Segura for their contributions. And as always, a big tongue kiss to Salt and Peppa for leaving the law out of our fair use relationship. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.